on December 30th, 2019, two days away from a whole new decade. Like, not just a, a new year, new a new decade. And I have, like, this thought every time we wrap up just a year and, like, you go over the year in review stuff. I'm like, oh, this is all awesome. So much happened. But we've got to do another one of these. Like, and now I have that feeling, but with a decade. Like, we got to do another one of these. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how time works now. So what better way to ring in the new one than to look back on the 10 years that were. So this is the dumbest of things, right? Like, okay, <laughs> new years and new decades and new centuries and new millennia, etc., should be times of like hope and forward thinking, right? Oh, yes. we turned to another zero. That implies like, I don't know. Either nine or 365 new units of time for us to enjoy before we hit a zero. <laughs> what we should be doing is saying, you know what we should do in the next 10 years? Not to say that people aren't doing that. Uh, no. The New York Times had a really interesting, like, what does the next 10 years look like? What can we do? What could our shortcomings be? How do we do? But then, like... Everybody else, <clears throat> Slate Magazine, is like Slate top magazine. 10 10s from the 2010s of 10s. Number 10. Number 10. 10. 10, 10. <laughs> That's the, you thought this would be number one, but 10 is actually the 10th 10 on our 10 10s from the 2010s. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's like retrospective. Best years of the don't... decade ranked chronologically 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. And yet I feel like that's not entirely inaccurate. I don't know. Well, I mean, so 2010 was kind of crap because we're still recovering from the Great Recession. Yeah. And 2012 was pretty garbage just because that presidential election was a hot mess. And the world was supposed to end and people say it didn't, but has anything felt real since, no, honestly? No, that is a really good question. Like, did yeah. the world actually end Did the world day? actually end in 2012? <laughs> like, huh. Because huh. a lot of the things we're going to talk about today feel like world-ending or post-world-ending <laughs> stuff. Like, I know both of, both of the sports moments, all three of the sports moments I'm going to talk about feel like the world has ended stuff. <laughs> The Husker football world has definitely ended. Has definitely ended. Are we in Armageddon? Are we post-Armageddon? But in those moments of post-Armageddon, the rebellious army's uprising did stage a few victories. That was a word soup of epic proportions, but I recovered. Uh, This podcast (laughs) needs its first merch, and I think that merch needs to be just a bowl, like a soup bowl (laughs) with the word word inside of it and then like a really tacky just in the nick of time logo also on the bowl that that's that's the merch we're gonna have merch i said on the podcast so it's gonna Gonna happen happen. so in those moments uh i figured yeah so throughout the decade i thought we should count down the five best and five worst moments but i don't know which five those are so i made a short list for both okay. of them for yeah. both the best you, and the can worst you maximize that cheat sheet window yeah so i was I gonna surprise you with them but now that you can okay, already go ahead, see go them ahead. i'm not looking i'm not looking. okay <laughs> no so for the best the first one i thought of 
I don't know if this ranks in the five or not. It's at the fringe. Uh, Miami 2014, I believe, was the year. That was dope. The home game where we settled the score. Because throughout the 80s and 90s, we'd always have to go there to play in the bowl game. And they mm-hmm. finally came here. And that was a heated game. And we won. Yeah. That was a cool moment. So, that was definitely a cool moment. Definitely a big team comes here. And we play up to them. And we win a very I, heated game. So that doesn't happen very much. I liked the feeling. They were a big team. I don't know that they were huge. Yeah. Right? It felt bigger because of the history in the yes, game. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that game meant much more. We also, I think, hate Miami more than they hate us. <laughs> Definitely currently. Yes. I think that they hate Florida State and Clemson and even Notre Dame more than they hate us. Mm-hmm. But but for us just to get some yeah some come up to take our there. anger yes out at that that's a special moment that's something that Husker fans of all ages could appreciate. So I don't know if that ranks in the top five, but it's definitely it's it was a good moment a high point. It might sneak in there. This next one it's sad because of kind of how it ended, but the first five games of Taylor Martinez there was so much buzz. Have we ever felt that magic since? So anything. We were ranked number four in the nation after those games. He was a front runner for the Heisman Dang it would Trophy. Have been, it would have been like if some of the AMART expectations this year had been met. I think mm-hmm. that could have surpassed it. In my living memory. But that was also some of the first real Husker hype that our generation got in on. Because mm-hmm. what year was that? That was 2010. Right. Oh man, really? Beginning of the beginning of the decade, huh? Yes. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it was just the spring game where he was like, we knew he'd be good. We mm-hmm. knew to watch for him, but he just tore some runs. Yeah. And then everyone was like, well, does our defense just suck? Does this mean our defense sucks? And then we got to the season. Oh no, they don't. They don't suck. They don't suck. Yeah, but that was that was really that was, that really was an something. awesome time. And yeah, everyone knew he would be the starter after that spring game. But yeah, we didn't anticipate him being this good. He was the fastest man on the field for like all those games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Against and, decent teams, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Washington, uh, Kansas State, mm-hmm. both of those games on the road. And yeah, just destroyed them. Well, we'll get to the ending of that the first five games in our worst segment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those first five games, I, I'd put those in the top five just on base, based on that there's been no hype like that justifiably around a Nebraska program. Justifiably, for sure. Yeah. There was a lot of hype going into this year. Just a lot. And like But we didn't even come close to not that. Not really, no. So uh, next up, so we'll put that in the top five preemptively. Probably not with Miami, but it's above Miami right now. Next up we've got Hale Kellogg. Ron Kellogg the third. Uh, Hail Mary versus Northwestern. And I I definitely would have brought up the name Westercamp in this conversation. Jordan Westercamp. It. Because, like, that guy made the play. <laughs> was was Kellogg's throw impressive? Yeah. But I think most quarterbacks would have thought to make that throw. And, and, and he did underthrow it. He did underthrow it. 
Which ended up great. Ended up great. I see, like, it was an incredible moment. I don't know who to laud for it. Because Westercamp also was just kind of present. And, like, the guy had the stickiest hands in college football. Like, he he was he was a solid to good receiver. Yes. Who had just a remarkable <laughs> ability to make plays. And, like, I think that garnered him love past what he deserved talent-wise mm. in this state. Because he would just pull off and you would have... <laughs> No idea how that happened. It was like he had freaking, you know, super glue on his hands. It was incredible. It's, there were some times where he would just make the most clumsily athletic type of catch, like, possible. Yeah, like, he didn't look good. It never looked good. Even his, like, did. everyday, like, run-of-the-mill catches for five yards would be like, what? Oh, God, there's a football? What? I have to catch that? <laughs> oh, I did it. Okay, now, do I, now I run. Like, that's what it always looked like. was yeah. like, I've never done this before, but it's working. Like, what's happening? And even when you see the pictures of this Hail Mary, he, like, catches the ball, and it's like his elbows are, like, perpendicular to each other. Yeah. His fists are curled in, and you're like, how does that corral the ball and make someone feel safe? And the fact that this was not his best catch it that he ever had no. was, like, remarkable. What is he doing now? Because he never really took off in the NFL. Did no, he? He, he tried the AAF. Remember the AAF? Arena football? The Alliance of American Football. Oh, God. So... Look for Westerkamp on some XFL roster. I think he might. I... That'd be great. I would love that. See, ex-Huskers are definitely going to pick pick my XFL team. Yes. Oh, how does that happen? How does that happen? Does it bounce off of just one Northwestern player? <laughs> I'm watching it again now. Also, Ron Kellogg's a big dude. Like, you oh, yes. this in hindsight. But for a quarterback, <laughs> he's just like... He's a he's a force to be reckoned with of a man. Like it's a hot roast. Yeah. He doesn't catch it in any sensible. He doesn't. He could make like a totally normal normal wide receiver catch, and instead he's like, nah, screw that. I'm gonna jump, but also catch it like this. And the thing is, I don't even think he needed to jump so, because there was nobody behind no, the pile. No. It was which. Like, if you're really looking for someone to blame for this, it's like, someone should have thought of that. Someone <laughs> in Northwestern should have had the wherewithal to be like, wait, you know, oblong objects bounce sometimes. <laughs> I gotta move. Western Camp like, had, had both the most genius and the stupidest strategy possible. Uh, where everyone else is, I'm gonna go not there. Who was the intended and it worked. receiver? Was it the act- end zone? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Who else is in the vicinity? I'm trying Alonzo to... Alonzo Moore was in the vicinity. I believe Brand... Did we have Brandon Riley back then? I think he might yeah. have been there, too. Not to steal from... And Anunwa, I believe. Oh, the, the Northwestern players almost get there. Like, they turn around, mm-hmm. and, like, someone almost makes a play on the ball before Westercamp gets there. Oh. This gift okay. is my whole childhood. Just Kellogg sprinting and then Bo being like, what? Yeah, we did it good. Oh, yeah. I guess he did need to jump. I retract my statement from earlier because... Yeah, they're actually closer than it looks. Yeah, because number two was closing in on him. Yeah. And then Ron Kellogg after the play. Doing doing Westercamp did where everyone else goes, I'm not going to go there. He runs the opposite way. Were you there? No. 
So I was there. And okay. obviously, we didn't have... I was in... My family's tickets are in the second to top row in the new edition <laughs> on about the 50. And we had no idea what happened. Like, we just were like, we were about to leave. And a lot of people had left our section. Which is, like, tragedy of tragedy. Were you still in the stands area, or were you in, like... We were in the stands. Okay. We were still, like, uh, because it was only a score. And I think it was only three points. Yes. We had decided to hang out and see what had happened. But, like, we definitely, once that ball started to come down, like, looked for our coats. You know? Oh. And it was like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> like there's no way that... You know, it just didn't look like anyone was going to catch that stupid thing. (laughs) And so when, when it's like, wait, why are they cheering? What, what, why is everyone cheering? Oh my God. The referee's hands are in the air. Oh my God. Like the whole place just had a meltdown and it happened in waves, like up the bowls. It was super late. Like people would catch on and then people would catch on and the people, and it was like this whole like 10 second reaction of like, Oh my God! What just happened? This is the greatest moment of our lives. Like, yes, for yeah. that singular moment of joy, regardless of the big picture around it, I you have to rank this number one so far. Oh, easily. easily. I think so. I think that might be my favorite Oscar moment of all time, and there's yeah. nothing that can dethrone it because I was there. Yeah, and because it was just so much fun. Oh man! One more thing I'd like to add to this. Can I pull up something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. But everyone remembers the Hail Mary. But what happened before was just as important. God, I don't want to be too SB Nation right here, but the Kellogg-Westercamp Hail Mary against Northwestern needs a deep rewind. It does need a deep rewind because that game was so weird. It was like deadlocked at, uh, at, I believe, like 21-21 for so long. It was just punt, punt, punt. And then Tommy Armstrong throws the stupidest pick possible. Oh, which he was so good at. And that parked him at first and goal. And against all odds, our defense gets the stop to force a field goal with with no time left. And then our offense does jack with the ball and gets itself trapped on fourth and ten. Fourth and ten. And then this happened. What? 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 He got the... That's how we set up the Hail Mary. We, it was 4th and 10. We threw a, a screen pass to Abdullah, and he makes three guys between him and the first down marker miss, and he stretches the ball out and makes it by an inch. Because, of course, because this is the only way we do things here in like yes. Alaska. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So... <laughs> Next up, our, our inaugural year in the Big Ten, uh, 2011 or something, coming back from 27-6 against Ohio State. That's enough. I'd say I'd rank that right behind the Hail Mary because, well, that was important. That was not a good Ohio State team that year. That was the year before Urban Meyer and the year after Jim Tressel. So that was a weird Jim Ohio. Tressel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a name I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> Oh, I, like, forgot about his existence and was better for it. (laughs) Oh, man. So this was the Luke Fickle era of Ohio State football that finished 7-5. and (laughs) the era if it lasts, like, a year, two years? How long was that? 
one year. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the era, it's the year. <laughs> the you Luke... can't even call it the Luke Fisher years because it's not plural, man. Like, how can it be a... Yeah, no, that was cool. I don't know if there's much to, like... I don't remember that game very well. We were 10, like... Yeah. But it was a... <laughs> yeah, I don't remember much about it either, but besides that we were just getting killed all game uh-huh. with Braxton Miller in the offense... And then Levante David forced a fumble in the second half. Yeah. That turned everything around, and then their quarterback got hurt. And they replaced it with Joe Bowserman, who might be the worst quarterback in Ohio State history. So not to take away no from a gritty on. comeback, but... Which was definitely still hard. It was definitely against, against their defense, yes, yeah. to, to rattle off that many unanswered. But their backup quarterback kind of won us that game. <laughs> yeah. No. Fair. I think that, in hindsight, that might be something that really... We've got this big... We always want to beat the big teams Mm -hmm. in the Big Ten. Yes. And we always assume it's attainable. Like, for some reason, it's just like, every year, we could pull it off, no matter (laughs) what. We all go into that Ohio State game (laughs) thinking, this is a legitimate football game (laughs) that needs to be played on the field to see what will happen. And we're almost never right about that. But I think that it's like early wins like that and and strange things where we beat the odds, which was part of the Polini Mm -hmm. ethic that they got us to the whole like... Well, I don't know. Yeah, we're zero and eight, but we can still beat Iowa this year. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. That's how. That's how we get there. I think. Yeah. So I'd say that's behind Hale, Hale Kellogg right now. All right. Yeah. Next up, beating Georgia in the Gator Bowl. Beating Georgia in the Gator Bowl. What year was that? Twenty thirteen season, I believe. The fact that we beat. A good SEC team, and then the next year fired our coach. <laughs> what is Nebraska? <laughs> like, what is this place? <laughs> what? No team does that. Like, having watched normal non-Nebraska football a little bit because of a Nebraska devoid bowl season, it's it's funny how much you notice that we're just we do things a little different. Um. Yeah, that's pretty great. It looks even better right now. It does, because based on what George has done after that game and what we've done, it's kind of... Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it was good. And just at that moment, you know, winning the bowl game always makes the whole season feel better, and that's the best bowl we've won all decade. So I, <laughs> I, it didn't bring us as much joy as the Kellogg Hail Mary so I'd but say it probably was more. It was probably important. more important and mm-hmm. like obje- objectively more impressive. But I'd still have it at number two behind that right now. Yeah, right now. Oh, I. Next up, we. I'm so happy. <laughs> I, I love kicking the out of Michigan State. I can't say this enough. So the next one is beating MSU twenty-four to three when we were thirteen and they were number nine. So this was a good team. Coming here in Memorial Stadium yeah. and us just blowing the doors off. It was not, like, 24-3 doesn't do it justice. This game was not competitive, mm-hmm. ever. The score is only low because it's a Big Ten football game. Yes. Like. <laughs> and because I don't care how bad you blow at Michigan State, you're not scoring more than 30 on no, it. No. No. <laughs> That's just the way the cookie floats. Like, 
one. <laughs> Woo! I think I mixed up two metaphors in one. I'm just going for it, though. But... <laughs> New merch. The way Mugs the cookie that say flows. just the way the cookie floats. Because <laughs> cookies float in milk, don't they? I don't think that's like their refining characteristic, but they do it. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. The criticism of Bo was that he couldn't win the big ones. But that was the main thing lobbying against that criticism for Bo's whole tenure was Remember when he beat Michigan State 24 to 3? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, that. Uh, where would I rank? Do, mm, that's tough. Where to put that in the top five list? Yeah, I'm going to follow your lead on this one. Good call. Yeah. I think. I'd say it's above the comeback. Because the comeback, you know, it was aided by an injury to their team. But I don't, I don't say I, I don't, I guess I would have it above Georgia, then I'd have that number two. Because the Georgia win was great for the program. But Georgia, they weren't ranked as high as Michigan State was coming into the game. And I, and I didn't even expect us to beat Michigan State. No. So just to see us dominate like that, like we didn't dominate Georgia in the Gator no. Bowl but we dominated that game. Mm-hmm. And speaking of dominating wins, we dominated number six Mizzou, final year in the Big 12, 31-17. Roy Hallou broke the single-game rushing yards record for Nebraska, not NCAA. We'll get to who holds that record later. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> It'll come back to you. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking. So that was a very cool moment. It was another. I didn't even expect us to win that game. I thought Mizzou was just that good that year. But yeah, from the first couple possessions, it was clear that we were the better team. Like those two moments, it feels weird talking about them because they so rarely happened. And those are the two ones that exist. (laughs) But yeah, I'd say I have that at number two. Yeah, so... Oh, gosh, I don't want to kick out the comeback versus OSU from the top five, but the final one in the best category moment is upsetting Michigan State during the Mike Riley era. Our, oh, yeah! Our lone Riley moment from the list. I felt like I was kind of talking between myself about the bow wins, but, but this one was recent, and this one felt special, too. Do we have a single Scott moment on the list? I, has anything felt like it belongs in the same echelon as these? From the so, Scott Frost era? Here's my favorite non-football, football-related moment of the decade was Go the Akron it. game. Oh, yeah. The Akron game that wasn't a game. <laughs> that was just a dance party in the rain for like three straight hours, desperately yes. waiting to watch some football. And it was going to be our first football game at yes. UNL. And it was, oh, man. Oh. That, I will remember that night. More than any other night that year. Oh, absolutely. More than probably anything this year. I think... <laughs> I already it, forget this year. It was, re- try to. it was really special. And it was special in a way that I can't describe adequately on a podcast, so I'm not going to try. Like, I think this might legitimately be one of those you had to be there oh, moments you had that to be journalists there. hate. But I, I can't. 
I, I just won't even bother <laughs> trying to sum up how fun that was. Because it really just felt like a whole student section was like, okay, there's no football, but we're still going to do us. Like, yes. Yeah. Like the mo- I've said it before here, but the moment Scott Frost ran out that tunnel... I've never heard the stadium louder. No. And I likely never will. I don't know. So we were I... just riding that high for that whole rain delay. Like, there was... He, he like, jogged out slow through the smoke, too. Like, it was... Oh, the fog machines At were night. going. And and they had the, the, um, the hype videos from Scott's first year were yes. some of the greatest hype videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, it was so good. You couldn't even hear yourself think in there. And, yeah, the place just went ballistic. Uh, yeah. We, we weren't a very good team that year. but No. And Akron did pull some freaky stuff off against Northwestern. But there's no way that we lose no. that game nope. in front of that And then class. if we win that game, there's no way we lose Colorado. Yeah. And if we don't lose Colorado, yeah. then we get off to a decent start. <sighs> and I genuinely, honest to God, and I will fight anyone on this, think that the whole Scott Frost era might be different if we'd won that game. If we played that game even. Yeah, and, and, even... and I just, it, oh man, it felt like the biggest false start. That will be in his memoir. Mm-hmm. I promise you that when Scott, at the end of this, writes a book, it's it's going to be a whole, whole chapter. The run-up to that game, the hype that summer... Of yes. like, oh, we have sucked for so long. We Here comes the Messiah. Yes. Hosanna, Hosanna. Like, oh man, we, yeah, we lost our collective minds. Yes. So, um, but I wouldn't rank that in the top five. No, no. It was top my five favorite. crowd atmospheres, absolutely. Yeah. But top moments, five moments, probably not. But the upset of Michigan State, were, were you there at that game? Was that... Because that was just sort of another, you had to be there. Remind me what happened this game. All right. So Michigan State is undefeated. It's week 11, November. So they come. It's like they're winning, but they're never really winning that big against us. And they go up uh, 12 with four minutes to go. Tommy just leads a mad dash down the yes, field. Yes, this game. I was there. That's you're, right. You're, yeah, runs to the corner of the end zone, gets a touchdown. We somehow get the ball back remarkably quick. Right. And then... Terrible <laughs> clock management terrible on MSU clock part. <laughs> on their part. But we get the ball back, length of the field to go. I don't think we have any timeouts at this point. And then, yeah, Armstrong throws a bullet across the middle to Jordan Westerkamp. Makes another unathletic catch. And all of a sudden, we're right on their territory. <laughs> and then Armstrong drops back to pass, fires it towards the end zone. It's caught by Brandon Riley for the touchdown. But he, but wait a minute, he stepped out of bounds. But he was forced out, according to the ref. That's right. That was the weirdest call that in was the, the world. The luckiest BS. Like, I think in hindsight, it was probably correct. I don't think it was correct one bit. Really? If you look up the replay, I think he very clearly goes out of bounds to get around the defender. Like, I remember being there, and, like, the whole stadium erupted when they saw him catch it and go in the end zone. 
but I just like stood there completely still because I saw the ref throw something and I didn't know mm. what it was. So I'm like, this is coming back, everybody. Everybody, retain your excitement levels to a moderate amount. This could come back. Oh, we could have gotten another playoff. Oh, oh, easily. Yeah, that wasn't game over if that play gets called back. Hold on, hold on. I want to see this. I'm sure they'll show it to me slow again. Mm-hmm. But to me, it looked like he just took a shortcut. I can't tell up. from that angle. They show the quarterback too long. Let's see if they show it here. Here's the first angle. See, because yeah. you can't see what pushes him out there, if he leaves on his own will or if he gets pushed. We were 3-6? and six? Oh, yeah, it was a Riley year. It was a Riley year. Michigan State made the playoffs this year, too. See, no, look at all of the – a bunch of people are waiting. Oh, it's almost just been my section. <laughs> yeah. D'Antonio's saying call it back. Like, I don't think they... they... I know what happens and I'm nervous. Yeah. And they didn't formally review it. That's the thing. They have not made a ruling on the play yet. Oh my god, he just walks right out of bounds! Yeah! <laughs> I mean, granted, he's, his quarterback gives him nowhere to go. Yes. If that's... he tries to turn in, he runs into the guy. And that's offensive pass interference. So for that they reason, I could buy that look call. at it. They like, oh my god, it's it. just over. Yeah. Like, they chat. Yeah, they did not make a ruling on the field before they chatted. They just gathered together at a little conference, said it's a touchdown, kick that extra point. <laughs> this is terrible officiating, but a beautiful moment. And then the... Also, I don't know if ESPN still does this, but can we talk about the very awkward, like, Herbie Husker that they put up when we score? Is that still a thing? Because here, they're going to add the points in just a second. No, I I believe they've modified their score bug to where that's not the thing. But I do remember this score bug. Yeah. That's what they're called, score bugs? Yeah. 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 See, like, I don't mind that logo, but it's bad for that thing. Yeah. Like, their whole thing was, yeah, after Touchdown, they'd show the main logo, and then they'd, like, show their secondary logo was the thing. Oh. I don't think they still do it anymore. And I think with us, yeah, they changed it towards, like, that little Huskers logo that we have. And it's, like, red and white, not red and black. I like that one. Yeah. We we don't have that many secondary logos. The end speaks for itself. It does. It really... And we have, like, three different versions of that. <laughs> yeah, the stick end and the block end. The block and, end. And, like, the classic, like, on the field end. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, so there's the best moments. So those are the Let's best moments. I'd say on through the worst. I'd say Michigan State would be top three for sure. Yeah, I, I put that at number two right after uh-huh. Hill Kellogg. So here's one... I'd like to throw out because I don't know because it should be on a list, but I don't know which one it belongs on. Joining the Big Ten. So if we're making a list of like most consequential, oh, that's easily it's easily number one. <laughs> I think it's also number one on my list of like most mixed things that happened. <laughs> now, seeing where the Big Twelve is at, yes, I'm glad to not be in that conference mm-hmm. anymore. Until I think about the fact that the Big Twelve might not be where it's at. If we hadn't hopped on the max mass exodus train, because mm-hmm. you forget, and I think everyone forgets, we were a major, like, move 
in that whole thing. We were the domino yes. that set that whole thing alight. But I would like to point out again that we weren't the ones who knocked down the domino pile, okay? No, it wasn't our fault. Texas was threatening to leave, okay? I, they are going to take Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and A&M with them to the Pac-12 to make the Pac-16. Which would have been a disaster for college football. Oh, that would have ruined it for everyone involved no but was that just a bluff the whole time i'm pretty sure it was it's like when nfl owners threatened to move the team to get their new stadium yeah like the they wanted a big 12 network but there were already plans for the longhorn network before the big 12 network was in place right the so big 12 still doesn't have a network right? they still don't have a network like because the of the longhorn network, network functions as yeah the big 12 network basically mm-hmm. which is not really a lot about the big 12 like it, it's the texas network and then, like, Fox Sports 1 will show, like, the random Big 12 games that no one else will carry. Right, but, like... Longcore Network only carries those that have Texas in them. Yeah. Like, you know how, like, Nebraska Rutgers will be on Big 10 Network? And if that didn't exist, that game would have no place on TV. But even, like, Rutgers Howard will be on... Yes, a Big 10 Network. So, yeah. Because they couldn't get a deal for a whole Big 12 Network, and because of that Longcore Network thing, that's why they threatened to leave... So we saw that, and we're like, we're just going to get... Yeah, it's, it's time to time to split. Like, <laughs> this is not viable. And there were a lot of reasons I think you could see the cracks in the Big 12 showing. Mm-hmm. Um, Number one, it shouldn't have ever been a thing in the first place. Like, the Big 8 merging with the Southwest Conference, like... No, I think that that was... Think mm-hmm. about all the rivalries that we wouldn't have if that hadn't happened. Okay. Did did Oklahoma? Because who joined? Okay, the people who joined were Texas, Texas A and M, Baylor, and gosh, I'm missing it. Texas Tech. The the Red River rivalry wouldn't exist. Well, that was a thing before. You could just play that out of conference. Yeah, but that's lame. Rivalries aren't as cool when they're out of conference. You know this is true. But what if, but if is Auburn that... went to the SEC, which I actually think might ACC. be good for football. ACC. <laughs> Word soup. Word soup. Hot and fresh. Um, if, uh, if Auburn went to the ACC and you had to play the Iron Bowl at a conference every year, would we care? Would I still watch it? No, because that's always the chance to ruin Alabama's season. And it could and it could happen any year, and it could spoil any Alabama year. That's what makes that game fun. Is it has consequence? Yes, the rivalry around it is great. Yes, I'd probably still watch the Iron Bowl, but I wouldn't care near as much. Yeah. Um, Georgia Georgia Tech. Yes. Great rivalry. Less so in recent years because of the talent disparity. Yeah. But like. Would I probably care more if Georgia was in the ACC? Yeah. Probably. College football would be better if the SEC sent one or two good teams to the ACC and took oh, back, absolutely. like, Miami and, like, Florida State. No, because Florida State's fairly dope. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Go wakey, to the SEC. wakey, eggs and bakey. Welcome to the SEC, baby. Wake Forest's going to be Bama every year from now on. That'll be They're scared. One They're running from them. <laughs> But we need to go to a Wake Forest game next year. That would be great. I like their stadium, too. Really? Yeah, because, like, the end zones are just, like, this big, like, there's no stands. It's just, like, this grass picnic area. I need to go to a Notre Dame football game at some point. 
It's a. I've never been, but I've I've, know I've heard that. it's awesome. Yeah. And it just it feels that that's the one true like college football mecca that I feel like I still need after seeing Lincoln. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such a short list. <laughs> and going to an Iron Bowl someday would be cool, and going to a Rose Bowl would be cool. Yes, and only if Nebraska's playing. <laughs> That is the other cool thing about the Big Ten is I feel like it opens up that really cool bowl game opportunity mm-hmm. for us. Like, eventually, Nebraska might play in a Rose Bowl. And, like, that would be a really cool mm-hmm. and strange feeling for college football because just for so long, that just wasn't possible. No matter how good Nebraska was, they weren't going to go to the Rose Bowl. No. That's just not how things worked. But I also like us against Pac-12 teams. Yeah. Like, those Oregon games we played. Those were fun. Those are fun. Um, for the the kind of Pac-12 crapshoot football is fairly <laughs> similar to the crapshoot football we play here, and so yes. like those styles mesh and clash in interesting ways. <laughs> oh, I don't know. So Big Ten, the, Nebraska's move to the Big Ten needs a deep rewind. <laughs> it does need a rewind. <laughs> so many of these things I'm listing. Yeah, maybe we'll do them someday and call them retrospectives or something that doesn't (laughs) infringe infringe on SB Nation. But, yeah. All right. So, worst moments. I'm going to lead off with the big whammy. We'll see if anything can top it. Hiring Mike Riley. So, I want to take offense to this. Okay. Hiring Mike Riley didn't feel bad. At the time, but... The results speak for themselves. Yes, he set us back. It was definitely the worst thing we did. So I'm, I'm worried about criteria here. Is oh. it like this moment felt the worst? Or is it like this is the worst thing that happened? Because hands down, nothing in this decade sucked more than the hiring of Mike Riley. Except for maybe extending him for a year and then firing him. <laughs> well, right? holy like, that sort of have judged the best dumber. list by like not the objective... like thing gained by winning it but like the moments that felt because like those missouri and michigan state ones were big but but like us looking back on we're like yeah yeah that was a good game but like the michigan state and the northwestern everyone has like the stories from them like when it comes to defining the decade in husker football and defining the good those two things are at the forefront of it so one of my worst moments isn't even on here oh unless there's more under the list uh no it's not that one <laughs> although that was bad that was bad how many yards was that? i will get there we'll get um, there yeah i is so hiring mike riley in the moment didn't suck that bad which is why it, i wouldn't it put it on suck. the list it was just baffling it it was awkward because no the whole one thing knew who felt he was weird. no and he's like oh, i guess that's our guy and that like, was after an impossibly quick search it was like yes. four days after we fired Bo. We had our guy. I think someone just decided. I I course who probably I course just decided Scott I-Cars. Scott's not ready for a full head coaching job. That that's the conspiracy is that he hired it to keep the seat warm for Frost, which is the worst move I think you could do in that situation. Even, even saying it is a mixed metaphor. Uh, the names don't make sense. <laughs> um, I, I so I maybe. But why wouldn't you try to get the best guy available, regardless of whether that guy was Scott Frost at that time or not? Granted, the coaching field, who the pool who which we picked from, crappy year. Yeah, at the time it seemed fruitful, and oh, there are so many up and comers, and none of them worked out. No, 
Like the one guy who did work out was Kirby Smart, who went to George after they fired Mark Mark Richt. But we were never getting him anyways because no. he because he was Saban's right hand man, right. defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So we were he was never a guy we could have hired away. So of all the guys we could have picked, like there were like five up and comers who would have ended up like Mike Riley is right now, but probably not to that extent because he just did not care. I think what Steve Sippel has said about that era sums up kind mm-hmm. of what I think about it. I also am not going to lie. I paid a lot less attention to Husker football. Absolutely. A lot less. Which, I paid which... more attention to us sucking the last two years than I did when we sucked then. And that says a lot. I Amen. think about the program, about where we've come, about the ability to have uh, any uh, emotional association with this program for, for people of this state. Didn't feel like Husker football. Which which brings me to my next one, because that it kind of said what I was planning on saying after that. Our next thing in the worst countdown, a 2017 loss to Minnesota. 50, it was like 51-27. Let me, let me find the exact score <sighs> on this thing. Yeah, 54-21 loss at Minnesota in 2017. Do you, do you remember that game, watching it? The Riley years are a haze. Exactly. I did not watch that game because I scheduled myself to work during that game. Dude, the things people did. Yeah, to I scheduled avoid myself to game. work during a Nebraska football game. Which, like, now I would never even. Never. But back then I was like, sure, what the hell? Why yeah. not? Who cares? Who? Exactly. Like, <sighs> like when we got when I got home, it was the fourth quarter, and I turned it on. I wasn't even surprised that we were down 54-21 to a 5-7 and seven Minnesota right. team that would go on to score zero points in its next two games. So that was bad because that's like the lowest point in me caring about this team was that game. Because like I wasn't even surprised when we lost that bad. And I wasn't even watching. That's an interesting... Because I wanted to. Interesting thing. I should oh. stop chair creaking. Totally random thing I found on Twitter. This college football playoff was the third time the Sooners have ever allowed 60 points in a game. When were the other... or What what teams did it the other two times? I'm, I'm going to say Nebraska did it once. And then uh, Texas A&M. Twice. Twice we did it twice. We are okay. the only team before <laughs> this LSU team to drop 60. And we dropped 73 and 69. Nice. In two consecutive <laughs> nice. years. 96 and 97. All right. We were... Fun facts. Mostly fun because it's nice to remember when we won things. I guess I'll have to speed through these because we're running up on about half hour left in time. Oh, crap. And we got to get... Yeah, so that was like the personal low point. But I felt like that was like a symptom of what we hired Mike Riley. Yeah. So I'd rank that below hiring Mike Riley. Well, uh, losing five straight to Iowa, just that, the fact that half the decade we spent losing to Iowa, that's pretty freaking bad. God, I hate Iowa. I didn't before this year. I didn't before I could put two faces of two very specific Iowa fans who I saw walking out of this year's Iowa game being bulls. <sighs> Just they were total bags. And he had on 
She was wearing like the dumbest jacket. I don't know what made the jacket dumb. She was because it was an Iowa jacket. Yeah, but he was wearing the stupidest. It was like one of those mohawk hats with the things that oh, pulled down. Yeah, like but it also tassels. had a beak on it. Like it was. Yeah. Oh man, it was an ugly thing. And he was giving crap to this like fifty-five-year-old like <laughs> white-haired dude. And it's like you're like what twenty at most. You traveled here. You hit up some trader for their student section ticket, and now you've waded over into the old people who sit next to us to pick on an old man? What are you doing? Oh, I hate Iowa so much more this year than I've hated them in the past. Mm-hmm. We've got to beat them next year. But but is that feeling worse than the hate you feel of Mike Riley? No, I probably hate Mike Riley. More. Yeah, Mike Riley's still worse. I hate our ex-coach more than I hate our biggest rivals. <laughs> 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 That's such a painful thing to admit, but it's like a it's thousand true. percent true. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, and so in the best things I mentioned, our first couple games with Martinez, uh, this is where, this is my foreshadowing, losing to Texas in 2010. A a Texas team that finished 5-7, and a Texas team that was unranked coming into our place, our first time playing them since the one-second Big 12 championship game debacle, our best team against their worst team, and they just killed us. It was a pretty close game in the end, but still, it never felt like we were going to win that game as soon as we kicked it off. Like, when it comes in terms of just pure disappointment to a game, it's hard to beat that one. Because that was like the red out heard around the world. You remember, they were selling shirts at St. Peter's that said Judgment Day for the Horns. Like, this was supposed to be a biblical kicking. And we lost and Martinez got hurt and was never the same after that. Like, can you imagine how different things would have been how, if we had the high of beating Texas one time? I can't. Just keep talking about things, Justin. I'm not capable of that right now. Just keep going. Soldier on. Is that sadness worse than the sadness you think of Caused by Mike Riley, though. I'm gonna kill you, I swear to God. I'm asking you to rank these traumatic moments, Nick. Uh, (laughs) That's the point of the segment. No, Mike Riley sucks more. That's gonna be the theme of the day. (laughs) Oh, no, I totally forgot about one of these and just saw it. Okay, we can probably speed this one up. Okay, losing to Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship game. We went to the Big Ten Championship game in this decade. The fact that that happened is, like, should be on the first list. Mm-hmm. Easily could sneak in a five spot for me there. Yeah. Cause... So, like, this this one, just skip it. Like, considering, like, yeah, it sucked. It was a blowout. We deserved to get blowout, blew out, though. We were not the better team, I don't think, that year. Oh, we, we were, though, because that was a weird year. Because that was, like, when we had the whole squad. That was, like, Taylor's junior year. You had Abdullah, Kenny Bell, Anumwa, and a... A defense we thought was at least okay. And we were playing a team. This was in the Legends and Leaders divisions. Wisconsin was 7-5 and five and finished third in that division. Ohio State was still at the, had the tattoo scandal, so they were banned from postseason play. And then Penn State. So we got a 7-5 and five Wisconsin who we had already beat that year. 
and they dropped like 70 on us. Yeah, they just slaughtered us. But not worse than Riley, though. So. <laughs> nope. Because we went. Yeah, because at least we All were things show- considered, we were there. That's a good season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This next one sucked a lot. BYU Hail Mary, the very first game of the Mike Riley year. The most unfortunate foreshadowing ever, I think. But our guys just stood there and let him catch a Hail Mary. Like, what the on that That's Mike Riley. Like, gosh. Like, that's got to be... Like, so many of these are just symptoms of Mike Riley. But yeah, that's, that's one of the worst ones. Yeah. <sighs> I don't even want to rank these anymore, but I'd say, I'd say that's worse than the Big Ten championship game loss, but not mm-hmm. as bad as the Texas loss. No. All right. Uh, the two win- losing to a 2-9 and nine Purdue this year, we devoted a whole episode just to complaining about oh, that. Yeah, we don't have to go over it. But that We're, felt really That bad. felt really bad. That felt like rock bottom, and we talked yeah. a lot about we that. We talked a lot of – We've you already know what we think about that game. So I'd say – I'd say it's probably it's worse than the Big Big Ten championship it's, game. It's Not like, as bad as Texas or Riley, though. If but we're counting, I, I think it's worse than Texas. You think it's worse than Texas? I can see that. Oh, my God. We lost to Purdue. And we make a bowl game if we just beat a 2-9 Purdue team who had their third-string quarterback. Oh, we got to get out of this segment. We, okay, I'm gonna, I'm two gonna... more, two more, and then, Good. and then the one you were repressing and I forgot to. All right. Our final Big 12 game, the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma, we were up 17-0, and then we lost. What a, what a goodbye present from the Big 12. Like, ugh, that sucks so much. I think it yeah. sucks worse than the Texas game because, like, the Texas game killed all national relevancy, but we still have not won a conference championship since the 90s, you know? And that was our best chance yet. Like, the Wisconsin game was never competitive. That game was 17-0. And if we win that game, we play an 8-4 and UConn in the Fiesta Bowl. Because the Big East was a thing. <laughs> oh, God. That's worse than Purdue in my mind. Like, just looking back on it, like, Purdue show, showed us how far we were from getting back to a, a, getting a lead in the conference championship game again. Yep. You're just too depressed to talk about that. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. I can't. I. Uh... And finally, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> I hate that. B- breaking man. the NCAA rushing record in three quarters against us. Watching that was almost mad. Like you had to feel good for him. Yeah. That. That was just a feat. You know what I mean? That was just a real yeah. incredible moment for everyone involved. As far as athletic achievement goes, I. I don't think a running back will ever top what he did in that game. Like he, the record no longer belongs to him. It was broken the very next week, in fact, by Oklahoma running back Samad J. P. Ryan, who did it against Kansas. So should that really count? But <laughs> yeah, the, that game was the nail in the coffin on how I thought about Bo Pelini. Like after that game, like he needs to go. Uh, he was not. He didn't. He didn't handle himself well after that game. No. No. Like, we even bounced back, and we had a heck of a comeback against Iowa, but it just did not feel the same because that still happened. And, like, his fate was sealed after that game. Like, 
you can't tell anybody else otherwise, I don't think. Like, and you had to have been there. Like, people now say hindsight, we shouldn't have fired Bo. That's, those are the days. That was, yeah, That was the reason. That was the feeling that it was inevitable at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like, to go in as a ranked team and let another team do that to you, it's just unacceptable. But is that worse than Mike Riley? No, no, nothing is worse than that. Mike Riley's number one. That was a painful segment, but we got through it. <laughs> yeah, we got there. Hey, let's have some fun. Let's so, have some fun. In the last 20 minutes that we have, I don't think we'll actually realistically make it to any other blocks today. So, yeah. And I have some questions. Most American sports fans Me. are not fans of the biggest sport in the world. Uh, not really. I, I sometimes occasionally view it. Right. You'll well, feed the games. About it. You'll I watch the, the U.S. men's national team when yeah. when they make it to a World Cup, but not before. Uh, <laughs> if the Champions League is on and I have nothing else to do, I'll I'll, I'll view it. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's never priority. My my me. my secret plan to fight inflation. That's a West Wing joke. My secret plan to uh to get Justin into soccer is the Euros this year. Oh, I love Euro. The Euro Championships are almost more fun than the World Cup sometimes. Because Honestly, Iceland. I loved Iceland so Dude, much. Dude, Iceland's going to be back this year. I, Iceland I hasn't lost anybody. Wait. And nobody's got. They still have Boldvarsson. I think they still have Boldvarsson. Yeah. They have all their Sarnvarssons. <laughs> oh. And we have Thorbjarnarsson. Thorbjarnarsson. Thorbjarnarsson, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Gosh, Euro 2016. That was that was something special just based on how those games fit into my schedule. Yes. Weirdly, like, everyone was able to, like, come together. Yeah. That was kind of a great summer for a lot of reasons. But, like... Yeah, looking back on it, you know, aside from the horror of the political election that year and the fact that every famous person seemingly died, that was a pretty good summer. Yeah. Like, that was the last gasp of sanity. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But, like, I could watch... The... Which is why I'm hopeful that Euro 2020 can bring that back. Oh. Because, like, that's the other thing. It's going to distract me from the election, which I'm mm-hmm. going to need. And <laughs> everyone is going to need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, I am, a, in particular, a fan of English soccer. I yes. think that it is probably the best brand of soccer in the world. The teams are a little bit closer together. There's a little bit more money flowing through the leagues. Uh, slightly more equitably, if you need the receipts, Wolverhampton, <laughs> Leicester City. Uh, but, anyway, um, let's let's get started here. Um, so, the first five, I actually tried to we make... We should preface this by saying that I did a quiz on Nick oh. on if these college football bowl games were real or fake. He didn't do so hot on it, so he's like, I need to get you back, and uh, he knows I don't know that much about soccer. And I didn't even set these up to be super hard. Okay. So, I think that, you know... I think I can get five. Well, so I have like twenty questions. Twenty, I think I hit and ten. Some of them Easy. are some of them are trivia instead of being like oh, okay. actual. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, is your target your target's ten? You 10. think you can bat five hundred? I can, I, I can here. get ten. I can ten to fifteen is my range. I just ooh, <laughs> big talking. Okay, Cause, okay. Because I because I play FIFA, I should recognize the. Well, names, here's at least. the thing. Before before we start, this this game is is called promotion relegation. There are twenty teams in the Premier League. There are four technically full-time professional and I think nine quote-unquote professional 
soccer leagues in England, and yeah. teams move between them every year. This is just for you know background for yeah. American fans who don't follow soccer. Uh, the the top teams of uh, one of the lower leagues move up. The bottom teams of of the leagues above move down. Yes. Uh, it's very dramatic. It causes a lot of the fun in soccer. At some point, I think we should do a relegation special. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I think it'd be fun just to talk about some of the most, like, gut-wrenching oh. relegations of all time. Because it's... Pain is Im- so much fun when you don't feel it. Imagine if we sucked so much this year that we got sent to the Mountain West. <laughs> like, that is how... That's how it should work, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Promotion relegation is really good for soccer. And we can talk about that when we talk about that. Yeah. But... I'm going to name three clubs. All right. One of them is not currently in the Premier League. Oh, God. Okay. Well, are are we ready? I think this one's, this one's fairly easy. Southampton. And they're probably still there. That's the name I know. Middlesbrough. Probably not. Stoke City. Oh, gosh. I know Stoke's like the punching bag of the Premier League. Like I know they've never won it. And they've been around for like God knows how long. Like, I know they haven't been good lately. Like, for as little as I know about soccer, I know that Stoke City's been an absolute joke. And they always likely will be. Millsboro seems like a team that'll bounce back and forth quite frequently. It's in the name. So I, I'm going to say Stoke City. No, they're not there in right now. Middlesbrough are not in the prep right Dang now. Dang it, that was my first guess. <laughs> All right. Oh, Aston Villa FC. Aston Villa. Ooh. Okay. Brighton and Hove Albion. That's Oxford team? United. Oh, Oxford's not there. You're right. That one was that one was a gimme. That was. And I wasted Brighton and Hove Albion on that one, which yeah. sounds like a made-up thing. I thought it was made up. <laughs> All of these things sound made up. Okay. Hull City. Oh, probably not. Newcastle United. Oh, they've got to still be there. Watford FC. I know Watford's there. Yeah, I, I know. I know that for sure. Newcastle, they, they they seem important enough that they'll still be there. Who was the other team? Remember what you said about remember what you said about Middlesbrough? Yeah. Uh, the other team was uh, Hull City. But based on how you reacted when I said that, I'm gonna go and say Newcastle United. Nope, it's Hull City. Dang it. Um, <laughs> West Ham United. Okay, they're probably still there. They seem solid. I I feel like I could turn on the TV and see them playing Chelsea or somebody. Burnley. Oh, gosh. They're probably not going to be there much longer, but I'd be willing to bet they are there. Sunderland. Ooh. Hmm. I know Sunderland has been in there very recently. They also note they're very, very garbage. So I'm going to say Sunderland. Sunderland's correct. There's a whole TV show about how much they suck. It's called We Are Sunderland. It's on Netflix. (laughs) Burnley, interestingly enough, is the smallest city with a Premier League side. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Uh, cute the, little yeah, well, well, small towns get big sides pretty pretty regularly in, oh, okay. in Premier League football, which is which is kind of nice. Yeah. Athletic Football Club Bournemouth. Okay, you had me until Bournemouth. <laughs> Celtic FC. No way. Swansea City. I'm calling it right now. It's Celtic. No way. Yep. Do you know where Celtic actually plays? Like. Ireland? Scotland. Scotland, okay. It was a big name. I thought I might trip you up. Yeah. No, no. I, 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 I didn't I, know. I watched the Celtic Rangers documentary, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a whole mess. We should talk about that sometime. Yeah. I'm curious to see what you think of all that. Oh, God. <laughs> name a player 
for this side. Oh, you get full points for a so current I, player. I've got three so far, though. Three, three for five. Yeah, you're three I'm for five. That. So full points for a current player, half points for a former player. Okay. okay? Tottenham Hotspur. Oh God. <laughs> Dear Lord, I know they're one of the bigger teams too. One of their players now plays for Real Madrid. That's a former player. I know some people who it's not. It's not looking for people who it's not. I'm looking for people who it is. Do you have a guess? Oh, gosh. Harry Kane. Hey, you got one. That's (laughs) current. Harry Kane. I knew I didn't know what team he played for. Yeah, I know he's a soccer player in England. Harry Kane's from North London. Oh my God! I they actually I they, got that. They sing a whole song for him. They do. That's he's amazing. one of our own. Oh, he's God one of our him. own. Yeah, we'll sing that for Scott next time. <laughs> next time he wins something. Uh, Arsenal. Arsenal. Gosh, dang it. Oh, which should... used to be called Woolrich Arsenal, and then moved to North London, much to the chagrin of all the North London clubs. <laughs> Arsenal. I, I I know what their jerseys look like, so that's mm-hmm. one step. Mm-hmm. They've got the they've got the they're the Gunners. Yeah, they're the Gunners. The Gunners. Gunners. Does Ozil play for them? Yes. Woo! Regrettably, Mesut Ozil is still at Arsenal. Uh, that's not great for Arsenal or Mesut Ozil, but okay, <laughs> we're still here. He I'm should not, go to Real. I'm already at five. So. Yeah. Manchester City. Man City. Oh, gosh. Now they've got some really good players. But they're like some new... They're new, they're like newcomers. So... Hmm. Man City. I've, I've kind of fell backwards into these last two. I don't know if I can do that a third time. Gosh. I know that there's one really good guy who plays for them. What's his name? He was only named the Premier League Player of the Decade. Of the so, Decade? Of the Decade. He's still on the team? Uh, uh, Trippier. Is he on the team? Trippier plays for uh, Tottenham, right? Oh, I should have used him for that. Then. <laughs> Raheem Sterling, is he on the team? Oh, yeah, he is, but you missed you missed the boat. So I'm double-checking that Trippier doesn't play for... Oh, I was just going through my English national team players. Yeah, that works well for Tottenham, for sure. Um, United. Man U, oh gosh. No points for former on this one. Oh yeah, because that's just not fair. Because Wayne Rooney's a layup, you know? Beckham, and you've got... I didn't... I gotta double check that. Who is currently on Man United? (laughs) These are things I should research. Oh gosh, don't... That's Uh. right, it's nobody... (laughs) Yeah, it's no one. It's no one. Um, I should buy a Beckham jersey. I'm going to guess they have a guy named John on their team. This is horse crap, and I'm not giving you the points. John Clancy. That sounds There's no enough. John Clancy. I'm sure there's a John Clancy playing for, like, <laughs> you know, some... FC Wimbledon. <laughs> I, That's a real thing, isn't it? Doesn't doesn't exist anymore. Oh, dang it. We can, we can talk about that story. FC Wimbledon doesn't exist anymore. Liverpool. Okay. And if you don't get this one, I'm just going to beat you. So <laughs> So I take it John Clancy was a no-go? No. Liverpool, gosh. I hate you. Is, is, is Suarez still on the team? I, mm, 
think you're so frustrating. Robert Green? For, is... cur- former player, you get a half point. Okay, half point. <laughs> Shame on you. Shame on <laughs> Who's you. Who's their new good player? All of them? Yeah, give uh, me one. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Don't know him. Uh, uh, Sadio Mane. Oh, uh, how did I miss Mane? Oh, it's Pog. Where, where's Pogba now? Man, you. What? Wait, no, is he back at Juventus? No, he's still at Man U. Yeah, he's oh, still at Man U. Dang it. Um, I, and then... I should have said Pogba. I, I I thought he moved. That was my thing. No. Yeah. He, he would have why would I know it if he moved? It's, it's my thing. Like, why did I talk myself out of that? <laughs> why would I know it if Pogba moved? Because, like, when he moved there, it was, like, the biggest transfer in sports. Yeah. So, like... All um, right. What's, what's the second half? I'm... I'm I'm at five and a half right now. And mm-hmm. we're oh, here's a bonus. Okay, bonus. Bonus for... I'm going to say two points. I put okay. down three points, but you're doing well. Leicester City. Vardy. Holy Way to go. Yeah! Two points. Jamie I hope you're keeping Vardy. track because I'm not. Jamie Vardy's Seven having a party. Half. Seven and a half? Yeah. Not bad. General, English trivia. Who's the England team manager? Uh, uh, Jurgen Klopp. No, that's Liverpool. <laughs> How many teams play in the Prem? 20. Good. Uh, basic explanation of the Champions League and how it works. Uh, they take the, the top teams from a couple of leagues and they throw them in a pot. And uh, they group stage them, they knock out stage them, and there's a winner. That was very good. Well done. Nine and a half. How many points for a win, a draw, and a loss in the Prem? Uh, three for a win, one for a draw, and one for a loss. Well done. Damn, you're doing well. I told you I'd get 10. I am at 10. True or false? Right Does now. the Premier League have shootouts? False. Yes. What is the name of the cup put on by the Football Association every year? FA Cup. Well done. Real or fake teams? Here we go. This is my wheelhouse. Stratford Rovers. Real. What? So real? Yes. Fake. Dang it. MK Dons FC. Oh, that's that's real. Yes. Shrewsbury Town. Gotta be fake. Real. What? Bolton Wanderers. Oh, that's real. That's real. And Wassel FC. Too ridiculous. Has to be real. No. Oh. They're actually like the Wassel Rovers or something. I only changed the uh, Oh, okay. UFC. I was uh, I'd be impressed if you made up Wassel. Uh, true or false? Okay. CR7 played in the Premier League. Uh, Ronaldo, probably when he was like a wee lad. I'd say true. Which team? Man U. Well done. <laughs> Chelsea have won the most Prems this decade. That's got to be false. It's actually Man City. That's what I was going to say. No team has been in the top flight since it was founded in 1889 the entire time. The whole time, probably not. True. <laughs> Manchester United have won the most European Cups of any club. That's Any club? I Any, any, any English club. Sorry. Any English club, I'd say that's true. It's Liverpool? It's Liverpool! <laughs> Six, baby, going on seven! Let's go! Um... Who are currently top of the table in the Premier League? Yeah, Liverpool. It's Liverpool! <laughs> All right. Bonus. Yeah. Nick's favorite English player ever is. Desperately tries to think of Liverpool <laughs> players. Suarez. No. English. Oh. Actually English. Oh, like ethnically I'll, I'll give you another guess. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, you don't strike me as a Rooney fan. <laughs> Because I'm a I do like Wayne Rooney, like as a person. His wife is funny. <laughs> Good for his wife. Uh, uh, Jamie Vardy's wife is a 
total piece. <laughs> no, her and Wayne Rooney's wife got into it over this summer because Wayne Rooney's wife had a private Instagram and Rebecca oh, wow. Vardy was taking pictures of that and sending it to the Daily Mail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, favorite player of all time, uh, Robert Green. <laughs> I don't know. Who? He's the guy who dropped the goal in the World Cup and let the U.S. win. Oh, yeah. He's mine. Nice. Uh, no, it's Steve Gerrard. Steve oh, Gerrard. Like I know. <laughs> it, it, How do you not know who Steve is Gerrard it, is? Does is, is he spell it G-E-R-R-A-R-D? Because so, so. I think I know that guy. I just know his name was Steve. I thought it was like You'll flawed. Kick. All right. You actually did very, very well. Yeah, I got like 15. That's impressive, man. Way ah, to go. I told you. Um, do we want to quickly do our favorite sports yeah, moments? Yeah, favorite sports moments of the decade. Uh, my favorite sports moment of the decade uh, May 7th, uh, this is one that I have no greeting interest in because I could go on a spiel about where I was when the Miami Heat tied it up in game six of the or NBA you Finals. Or you that spiel and just... Uh, May, 6th, uh, May 7th, 2016, Petco Park, San Diego, California. James Shields is on the mound. He is pitching. <laughs> Are the San Diego Padres involved in your... <laughs> Absolutely. So James Shields is pitching, not a bad pitcher. He's throwing to statistically... The worst batter in MLB history, Bartolo Colon, is at the plate for the New York Mets. He has been in the league since the 1990s. He is old. He is very, very round. His nickname <laughs> is Big Sexy. He deserved that nickname 100%. He is at the plate. His I career batter. Big and sexy. I love that. His career batting <laughs> average is .091. He is at. What? You, that's terrible. That's terrible. He is at the plate. Looking scared as all heck. James Shields throws him a fastball. Cologne says, what the heck? All swing. He hits a home run in the second inning to go up for nothing. The Mets, against all odds, are in my favorite sports moments of the decade. Because Bartolo Cologne hit a home run. You should hate the Mets. I do hate the Mets. I can't hate Bartolo. <laughs> You, no one can hate Bartolo. That's my favorite moment. That's like a kid's book, man. The worst batter in history never gave up, and he hit a home run. Right. A big, sexy home run. So my personal favorite moment was Liverpool's Champions League last year for self-explanatory reasons, although it, like, frankly, wasn't that dramatic. Like, the final game wasn't. The semifinals yeah. were incredible. <laughs> Deserve a deep rewind, but... Uh, theme of the day. But, um... Really, really good. Uh, my for reals favorite that I like personal favorite that I gleaned the most joy from that I didn't have a team involved in was the Auburn kick six. Oh yeah. I watch that when I feel sad just, <laughs> just to get the, 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 the love of God back in my heart. Uh, and then the most consequential thing I think that happened for sports this decade, the, that was actually on, on the field thing was Leicester city. Winning mm -hmm. the Prem, I think that in an age where sports are more and more dissected and predictable, in an age where we try and use stats to explain everything away, uh, a team of literally foreign dudes and ex-convicts uh, went <laughs> That and... made me so happy. I don't even watch them. Dude, like... I watched the, it. The sheer joy of watching them party. Again, yes. is another thing I go back to and I'm like, this keeps me warm in the cold winter of our hellscape of a world right now so yeah and that kick six that's like that's that's the where were you moment 
because oh. everyone remembers where they were when they saw that and what they were doing and who they were with. Yep. Like, I can think of no other sports moment from this decade that has that exact it, it has ethos around it. bigger things, yeah. like bigger, more consequential. Like, um, the Miracle on Ice. Yeah. Right? That kick six was this decade's Miracle, miracle on Ice. Minus the geopolitics. Good Nick's show. Nick's got to run. Happy new decade. Jolly good show. Yes.